that's also one of the reasons that the uh, the bullion dealers are happy to have London spot and U.S. futures, because if you keep those two separate, there is a lack of transparency and you have to understand things like EFP to uh, uh, to transact on it. And that's why the CTAs get their ass handed to them so often. Okay, good morning, everyone. It's September 11th, 9.22 a.m. You'll be seeing this at around 1 p.m. I'm Vince Lancey, and this is the Arcadia Economics Silver Fix. Today, we're going to be going through the EFP very briefly, as this will become more on your radar. Uh, I'd like to help you get a handle on it so you can interpret it as you see fit. Very simple run through. Uh, we're gonna go through silver in September. Um, silver has a very specific history, September behavior, and we're going to show that to you so that you know what to expect and then know what to expect in the two months after that, and then know what to expect in the six months after that. And September 11th is uh, an important day, I think for many people. And it's become almost like a secular, uh, you know, holiday. Uh, it's like President's Day now, seeing advertisements on it. Anyway, I was there and I want to share something with you on it without getting too um, involved. So let's get started. All right. EFP comment. You're going to start hearing people talk about the EFP. The lower silver goes, the more it becomes on the radar for people who either A, understand the relationship between the physical market and the futures, or B, uh, don't understand it, but uh, want to talk about it. I want you to be able to understand what it is people are talking about, if you don't already. But let's start with this. The exchange for physical or EFP, all it simply is, it represents the differential between the spot market. We'll say that's the London market. That's where the biggest spot market is. And the COMEX futures can be any number of days you want. But we're going to use the 30-day future right now. So the exchange for physical represents the differential between the two pink dots. Normally, the two pink dots are as I'm showing you, not necessarily these exact numbers, but they are as I show you, meaning spot trades under the 30-day future. So spot is here, 30-day future is there. The 10 cents, the differential, right? You can also call that a contango if you're a futures guy. That differential represents the cost of silver if you were to buy it 30 days from now. Why is it more? It's more because of what's called cost of carry. Now, most of us know what that is, but just bottom line is cost of carry is a comment on, it's comment on the price of silver, $22, multiplied by an interest rate, call it 5%, over however many days it is, so 30 days. So it's kind of like a uh, the borrowing cost, plus other important things, but predominantly the borrowing costs for owning silver, for borrowing money to own silver 30 days from now. So that's your cost of carry. 
Uh, and that's your EFP. Normally the EFP is as pictured. And the difference between spot 2200 and 2210 will fluctuate. It's got normal changes uh, that every change is not a panic. And uh, two of the changes that I can make very clear, very simply for you are, as interest rates go up, the differential widens. Nothing else happens, right? As the metal, as the spot price drops, or as the whole market drops, I should say, the differential shrinks. And as the market rallies, differential widens. And that's a that's a product of the asset is worth more money, so it costs more money to, to borrow against it. Those are the normal operating uh, behaviors. What's not normal is every so often you will see the differential shrink, not because interest rates are coming in. That would be normal. You'll see the differential shrink, not because the whole market is dropping, because it's kind of all flattens out as you go to zero. But you'll see the differential shrink because of market behavior, because of participant behavior, because people are diverging in the reasons that they're doing things, right? So typically what you will see when the differential comes in, the differential comes in because someone in the futures world, the COMEX, the speculator, does not have access to the physical world for whatever reason. We can get into that some other time. So in this instance, I want you to think of a CTA or small fund that's long silver and panicking. And they're hitting the bid and they're selling it and need to get out because they need to, to go home and not have a position on it anymore. And they sell it irrationally. Simultaneously, the spot market, the physical market, runs into a buyer who is a buyer at this price. Now, this person isn't very patient. They're not going to they're not going to let it all the, go all the way to zero, but they're also not going to chase it either. So they put their bid in at $22 and they leave it there. And they say, tell me when I'm filled. I'm running a business here and I need the metal to make coins, to make jewelry, to make solar panels, whatever, right? So they're $22 bid. So what'll happen is this bid won't go away. This is a rock, a brick wall, uh, an immovable uh, point. Now, how much they're buying matters. Let's assume that they're buying a lot, right? But what'll happen is as the buying here remains steady and the selling here panics, this pink dot will drop and this pink dot will not move. So COMEX will be down to exaggerate 10 cents in one day without spot moving. Let's assume that that's what happened. Well, that would be the spot market not moving at all, but the futures market dropping 10 cents. So why would that happen? That's the that's because the funds are panicking and selling. And the spot market does not care about futures, which plays right into what we've been saying forever, what you've all been saying forever. COMEX is a paper market. It's a futures paper market. The physical attached to COMEX is optional, if it's there at all. The physical in spot, which also has shenanigans going on, is real. So if I bid here, I'm not spoofing. I need to buy it. I need to buy, I need to use the metal, et cetera, et cetera. Over here, if I'm bidding, uh, I might not be bidding, I might be bidding. That's where the whole spoofing comes in. But speculators selling drive the price down and the relationship will contract. Now, what keeps the relationship from contracting normally? Well, there's arbitrage here. 
if I'm JP Morgan or I'm Goldman Sachs or I'm Citibank or I'm Bank of America, if this is 22 and that is 2210, let's say that's normal. What makes it normal? Interest rates, uh, cost of carry, what have you. But if I'm uh, Bank of America, let's say, and somebody is willing to sell me futures for $22 all the way down here, while I have a buyer of spot metal in London at $22, well, I'm going to sell it to my own customer at $22 and buy it from the COMEX guy puking at $22. Why? Because I'm buying silver a month from now with no interest rate cost. And I'm selling silver now. So the same price trades now and 30 days from now, but I don't need to put that money up for 30 days. I can take that 30-day money and put it in a CD and earn 5% for 30 days. That's the arbitrage. And that arbitrage is extremely important between London and the US. And that's where a lot of the money is made uh, on an operational business by the banks. And you can use this for a lot of other things, but let's just leave it at that. So I, I just want you to take away from this, take away from this conversation this. As the EFP, you'll hear people say shrinks comes in. As the EFP shrinks, that is a reflection of futures selling while physical is buying. So as the market's going down, the futures are selling at a higher rate than the physical is. Or in this case, our case here, the physical is being bought while the futures are being sold. When the EFP widens, that's a sign of a lack of physical demand driving the market or a uh, the market being driven by future speculators. So right now, the current market, the EFP is starting to come in irrationally. And that's a reflection of funds, specifically CTAs, irrationally getting out. And I say irrationally because they are trading the futures with no uh, uh, with no uh, deference to the spot market, which proves <laughs> that the futures have no tie to it. And the banks are making the money. Banks are basically saying, oh, you're giving us 30 days money for 0%. We'll do it. Here's your silver now. Oh, you know, we'll replace the 30 days from now. And so they're they're basically they're basically flat a position and making free money. That's one of the reasons bullion banks are so profitable. That's also one of the reasons that the uh the bullion dealers are happy to have London spot and US futures. Because if you keep those two separate, there's a lack of transparency. And you have to understand things like EFP to uh, uh to transact on it. And that's why the CTAs get their ass handed to them so often. So that's the EFP. The flip side of that is one day, every so often, the EFP goes from, from, from we'll call this positive, to flat, as I just described, to negative. And when it goes negative, that's a sign of a potential short squeeze. And if it stays like that for a long period of time, you will have a very serious, very painful rally. All right, so enough for EFPs, but that's it. Silver in September. Now, this is a little bit of hand-holding here. Are you ready? The blue lines represent, September is, let's just start with this, all right? Everyone, September is not a good month for silver. Don't go slitting your wrists. Not that you would anyway. Um September historically is a bad month for silver. I'm telling you that. Prepare yourself for it. You don't care because it's normal operation. It's what happens after September that the bulls care about. So let's go through September 
I wrote a whole article on why uh, uh, it's bad for for silver. But let me just let me just show it to you right now. All right. So here's silver going back. I don't know to 2014. So I'll call it nine years. All right. In September 2014, silver is here. It drops. September 2014, silver is here. Small drop, but you'll notice that the market had already dropped heading into that. Silver here, it's actually a green month, but it's after a down month. In other words, all of these months, all these all these uh, September so far are in the process of dropping or pausing a drop, right? Now we have September here, it's just outright red. September here, it's green, but it's after a big sell-off. September here, it's after a big rally, but it's red, right? September here, well, I have to tell you, that's pretty pretty obvious right there. Um, September here, again, red. September here, green, very green. We'll get into that in a second. But after a long, painful sell-off, that we all experienced. By the way, you see this green one here? That's India buying last year. And here we are in September this year. So you look at that and you say, well, just looking at September and not looking at anything else, odds are it's going to be a red month. And you'd be right to look at it that way. That's how algorithms or time series algorithms operate. Now, <clears throat> here's what I'm going to show you. There's another pattern that's not as obvious. Once you know why people sell it in September, you know when to buy it. People saw it in September for several reasons. One is the CTAs get bearish in the last half of the year on the economy. This is this, by the way, for example, this, see this here? This is the CTAs from here on down. See this here? This is the CTAs liquidating, right? You also have a group of uh, hedge funds that start to liquidate in October and September. So they will get flat their positions and they will take their profits. You also have uh, a pause or a lull in seasonal buying out of uh, out of India. Now I know it's a gold thing, but India Diwali season, weddings, silver, gold, both they track each other. There's also seasonal buying in China. All right, so what's the pattern? Well, if you know why people are selling, and more often than not, I know why people are selling that's my business, you look for this. After September, whether it's up or down, but especially when it's a down month, count two months, October, November. Count two months, three months. Sometimes it's two months. Sometimes it's three months. But I can say this. September is the beginning of the end of the selling for the year, right? The selling typically ends uh, late October which coincides with the beginning of Diwali season. The selling always ends in November, right around Thanksgiving. And then after that, you usually get a torrid two to six month rally. And I'll show you, right? September, one, two months. It's red, but we go up for three months there. Not a big deal. Nothing nothing big there, right? Nothing big. Keep, keep your eye on the size of my arrows as well, right? Second one. Second one, down, right, at the very bottom there, uh, continues down, right, October, um, October, November, December. Okay, so this one started in December, but the first week in December, right? Boom, look at that, right? This one, this is a bad one. It's green, it goes down. So I want you to, you know, I'm sorry, it's red, and then it goes down. This, by the way, by the way, this period here, 
This is the period when the central banks started buying gold and selling silver to add to their positions. How do I know that? Because I was long silver during this period, thinking that silver was due to catch up with gold until I found out why gold was outperforming. This was the beginning of the end of the dollar right here, although you don't see it until now. All right. So here's one for you. Now it gets more obvious. September here, October, November finishes the low. Boom. Now it's not up forever, but boom, pause and continues. It's the first three or four months after September that you want to pay attention to. So we have September, right? October, November, boom. Another rip to a new all-time high. Not an all-time high, new contract high, all right? September, red, green, boom. Now, it's volatile, but it's up. And then you have, what do you have? You have the whole cycle. This last year, we want to pay particular attention last year. This happened because last year, Powell said, I'm going to raise rates in April. And so everyone started selling. The CTA sold early, and they got short around here, and the CTAs really got shorter. This, by the way, this three-month time frame, great three-month time frame. If you break this out, this is where you started seeing the EFP go like this, back, front, back, 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 boom. And the physical buying, this is where all the coin buying came in. This is where all the solar buying came in. And this is where all the Indian buying came in. And this is the result, okay? A tarred rip. Now, here we are in September and the candle is pretty red, except for today, we're up 1%. Don't get crazy, but that's a good thing. You look at this and you say, well, I want to wait two months till afterwards, after that, and see what the market does. I say, yes, that's what you want to wait. If September finishes here, and this is within two months of the low of every season, look, the low, the low, ignore that one, that's a bad one, the low, this is this is um uh, COVID. The low, the low, the low. Well, if this is the low, where's the high? Point is, you're okay with this. You're actually almost happy with it because we're making a hot. Technicians will tell you we're making a higher low. We're in sell season and we're withstanding the storm so far. Silver is weathering the storm. What we're not going to have, what you should not expect, what you pray for, but you're not going to get is this, because this was so oversold. And India was buying so much silver, okay? And China was buying silver for solar panels. And the US, there was a lot of coin demand. So people were looking for blanks. <clears throat> we're not at that level. India is not going, India is physical, right? They're not going to buy at $24 and chase it. They're going to let it come to them. So when it comes down again, that's where your physical demand is going to be. However, if we base or bottom in this area here, that's a home run, guys. This will be, I want you to look at it this way, very simply. If silver closes September here, it will be the highest September close in 10 years or more. I haven't gone back. I've gone back that far, but I haven't verified it. The highest September close in 10 years means... September is generally the bottom of the market in silver or close to it. Means we're basing at a higher level. There's your technical analysis. The buying is ratcheting up, ratcheting up. I want you to pay attention to that. 
Another thing I want to share with you, I will, I'll share it another time, uh, but I, I just want to touch on this. This is an article that I wrote, Silver's Complex Position. They want silver in Mexico. Silver is made in Mexico. Silver producers pull silver out of the ground and they want dollars. And they get the dollars by hedging their production. So Mexico is a huge silver producer. Hedging their production. And once they hedge their production, they get an interest rate for it. Well, right now, interest rates for loaning silver are, are negative. So that's a sign that, among other things, there's an absence of producer hedging in Latin America. When there's an absence of producer hedging in Latin America, that eventually manifests in a squeeze unless they start hedging. They're probably not going to hedge, and I'll tell you why. Mexico has private deals cut to sell their silver straight from mine to China. And, and banks like JP Morgan, like Bank of America, are brokering those deals. That's silver that's not going to hit the market. The price is being artificially kept low so they can keep buying it at cheap prices for the customers. And Mexico is so getting such a good price, whatever that price is, from the buyer in, uh, in China or whoever, that they're saying, I'm not going to hedge. I'm just going to trade right away. That puts more power in the bullion bank's hands. Don't get me wrong. But there's less silver available above ground for hedging, for loaning, for leasing, for monetizing. The market is getting ready to come out. Getting ready is something people are going to tell you all the time. Oh, it's going to happen tomorrow. Don't listen to that bullshit. Just learn how to trade from the short side if you have to once in a while, right? Uh, in the meantime, just know that the BRICS and the rest of the world outside of this little United States bubble that we live in is buying silver and gold. And the price is only kept in this area so they can accumulate more. And when they're done accumulating, when there's no more above ground silver to be to be had, then the price will float higher. That's it. Um, we'll do the 9-11 thing some other time. Now's not the time to do it. But it's 22 years later. I just want to mention one person's name, all right, just to give you an idea. And th this picture was, uh, was taken before September 11th, not the day before, but about a month before. And uh, there are about 11 people in this all shot that are that died that day and this one is mark matrone this one right here and mark matrone was a friend of mine and you know several of them were friends of mine but mark was a good friend of mine he was a good man and i i uh i was friends with his children afterwards uh not close but i would say that you know there was a mutual respect there and you know i want you to know that um uh don't forget people like mark matrone because uh <laughs> He made the place fun to go to. We used to tease him all the time. And uh, uh, and of course, he would get us back. But it's very ethical, very good guy. Anyway, um, I'm Vince. Uh, this has been The Silver Fix. September to remember, not to forget, because after September comes Christmas or Hanukkah or Kwanzaa or Festivus, whatever you celebrate. The presents come after September. See you later. Well, thank you, Vince, as always, for today's update. Hope everybody at home found that helpful, especially with Vince going through the EFP, which is a topic that is not covered as widely, although something certainly that Vince is quite an expert in and was glad that he shared that and went through that. 
Hopefully you found that helpful at home as well as looking at some of the seasonality of silver. So thank you again to Vince. And one last note before we wrap up is that Miles Franklin is currently offering a special of silver one ounce Asahi rounds at $2.50 over spot. So if you are in the market for silver and would like to take advantage of that or have questions about anything we've talked about regarding silver or any other topics on the show, you can email Arcadia at milesfranklin.com. And we'll be happy to help you out with anything there. And with that said, going to wrap up for today, but we'll look forward to seeing you again tomorrow.